Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Rear Gear, hosted by Redbird Speed. We are here to talk to you about housings, axles, differential parts, and brakes. We hope to give you a little education, provide some technical support, product reviews, and interviews. Hopefully, this will save you some time, money, headache, or heartache throughout your build. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, welcome to The Rear Gear hosted by Redbird Speed. Today we're going to be talking about ordering a 9-inch Ford rear end, avoiding any mistakes, getting it right the first time so you save yourself any headaches. We're going to be talking a little bit about the type of rear, uh, features like how wide you want it, spline count, what you're going to do for housing ends and brakes, like pros and cons there, center section features like the posi, uh, yokes, gears, what gear oil to use with those. Uh, planning for what you're going to do for suspension, whether it's stock or aftermarket, studs, gears, and other features like things that you might be doing like welding brackets on the rear, powder coating, stuff like that. So first thing I'll say, the type of rear end. If you've already made the decision to go with a 9-inch, I'm not going to talk you out of that. I like the three points of contact. You got your pilot bearing, you got your two pinion bearings. So it's a very stout rear, reduces deflection. You got the big gear, center section drops out the front, easy to work on. You wanna tell us a little bit about why you like the nine inch? Uh, one of the biggest uh, reasons I like the nine inches is the bolt and axle aspect. Definitely. Uh, yeah, you're not relying on C-clips to hold the axles in like a 12 bolt or a 10 bolt. And uh, that's one of the biggest uh, upsides to the nine inch. Uh, you know, a lot of guys that are running 10 bolts and 12 bolts, they use what you call C-clip eliminators, which is kind of a mimicking a nine inch. So that's why we see a lot of guys that are putting nine inches in their Chevrolet cars. Uh, and like Aaron alluded to, we do offer uh, the 9-inch through a couple different manufacturers and many platforms. Uh, pretty much any Mustang that was ever made all the way up through 2015 to Chevelle's to pretty much any Camaro that's ever been made first generation all the way through uh, fifth generation. Uh, so there's a lot of different... Uh, platforms that we can build it on uh, and in most cases these rears are built to order so if you need these rears to be built an inch less than factory uh, whatever if you're doing a wide body kit and you want to you know make your rear end a little bit wider whatever the case may be 99% of the time we're going to be able to help you out with that the biggest thing I'll say moving forward is don't let ordering a nine inch scare you or or the installation of a nine inch uh scare you uh, this most times we have this down to a science and it's a bolt-in bolt-in deal i mean essentially what you're doing is you're taking a center housing putting the same three inch tube stock in it putting the same housing ends on it the difference is that center portion of the housing that holds the third member so i mean it's, it is a different type of rear but you're using the same axle material they're a different length of axle but I mean, there's a lot of the same features minus the the center portion, like whether you're talking about like a 12-bolt casting or a 9-inch. I mean, would, would you agree? Yeah. Um, another thing is, too, is like ge geometry and brackets. Uh, there's small web housings. There's big web housings. There's fabricated housing. So whether you're doing a four-link setup or a coil uh, spring setup where you got to have the ears in a specific location for your upper control arm, brackets i mean 
There's round back housings. If you're doing a 55 to 57 Chevy, you know, you can get rid of that old dropout housing and put in a round back housing, you know, a nine inch round back housing. And if you're not really looking close, it almost looks like a factory rear for your 55 to 57 tri five. So like Aaron was saying earlier, there's a lot of options. Um, we can pretty much take care of whatever you need in the nine inch platform. Um, Aaron, do you want to talk a little bit about what bolt patterns are available and stud sizes for the nine inch? Yeah. So, I mean, as far as your, your bolt pattern, I mean, the axles are blank, so you can drill whatever pattern you want. So if you want a Chevy five by four and three quarter bolt pattern, like a Camaro Chevelle Nova, or if you want to do something, uh, you got a five on five drag rim you want to run or a five on four and a half Mustang wheel, uh, the, the axles are blank so they can be cnc drilled to fit whatever you want as far as stud size goes one thing you want to be careful with on the studs is matching the rear to the front because a lot of aftermarket brake manufacturers like let's say if you're running a set of bare brakes up front and they come with half inch studs you probably don't want to do a camaro 716 stud in the rear you want to do the half inch studs so they're the same all the way around the vehicle so i would definitely recommend planning ahead for that so you get it right the first time yeah and it's just not bare it's uh willwood i believe ssbc and even some of the aerospace uh brake kits come with a, a half inch stud whether you're ordering for a chevy or you yeah. know, Camaro or whatever Chevy, I mean, you're going to most likely get a half 20 stud. So like Aaron alluded to, a lot of your cars came with seven sixteen studs all the way around. You're going to want to match that up, whether it's Willwood Bear. Uh, make sure you're thinking ahead. And that's where, not to get too far off track here, Aaron and I talk about this all the time. We deal in rear ends, brakes, uh, and drive uh, line type components. If you're calling big box stores, you're talking to a guy that could be selling a carburetor one minute, a set of wheel studs another minute, and then onto a a hat or apparel. So this guy's literally covering up a catalog that covers, you know, two inches worth of pages in it. We're here to service you for your your driveline needs, your brake needs. That's our forte. We do sell other things, but when you're dealing with this type of thing, my advice to you is whether you're dealing with us or another company, try to deal with somebody that this that, that is their forte, what they're dealing with, whether it be engines, transmissions, it's going to make your life much more easy. Definitely. Um, going back to uh, talking about like brackets and the width of the rear end, one thing you want to be thinking about, this kind of ties in with suspension also, you want to make sure all this stuff is going to work together. So if like you talked earlier about narrowing a rear end. So if you're doing a Camaro and you're doing like a mini tub kit, you want to take an inch off per side, easy enough. Like if you got a G body and you call me and say, hey, take an inch out per side. Well, we got a couple problems here because number one, you've only got a little bit of space between the housing and the lower control arm mount. Number two, you're going to have to be modifying your frame rail because you just don't have room. So you need to make sure them wheels, tires, the rear end width, brackets, all that stuff works together. So mocking them wheels up in the wheel well, giving like a wheel to wheel and making it to length is very important. But that goes for a lot of things like leaf spring mounts, you know, your lower control arm brackets. You got to make sure, you got to make sure that your suspension and talking about suspension, 
you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm just running stock suspension. Well, we get a phone call. Hey, I got these, you know, coilovers from this company and they're not fitting. Okay, well, we discussed that you were using stock suspension. Yeah, it's not a stock rear end and it's not a stock, you know, suspension component. So sometimes getting that stuff to match up together, you got to cut up some brackets or you end up having to weld something or do something custom. So being sure to communicate what you're doing is very important. Yeah, really what Aaron touched on there, um, I really like what he's touching on here, especially with the coilover shocks that, that is becoming very, very popular in the aftermarket. Uh, when you look at like a normal Bilstein shock or any kind of factory gas-style shock, the diameter of that shock is a lot smaller than say like a coilover. So what happens is, is with that coilover or that coil spring that's going over the shock, it makes that shock so much bigger in diameter that you run into interference problems. So it's very important at the point of purchase that you make your decision on what you're going to move forward with, with the suspension components. I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but that's definitely, if somebody's not asking you that question when you're purchasing a rear, the red flag should come up because it will cause you a bunch of problems down the road. Now, if you order that rear end and say, hey, I'm going to be running QA1, Penske, AFCO, RideTech, whoever the manufacturer is, then we can make sure that we get the proper lower controller and bracket for your coil spring car so that you can accommodate those coilovers. Yeah, that's very important to communicate that for sure. One, uh, one thing we're going back to, uh, we were talking about axles and bolt patterns. Um, I kind of want to dive into the spline size a little bit, uh, which is always a big conversation that we always have with every, every customer we talk to. Yeah, what, we, we can preface this with, it all depends on how you're launching your vehicle weight, tire size, how it hooks. There's a lot of variables when you're picking spline size that I can't give you a magic horsepower number and say your 31 spline axle will hold X amount of horsepower because how hard you launch, the nature of the vehicle, the preparation of the surface, the tires, how it hooks, so many variables. Yeah, and the, and again, the red flag thing that I talked about, if the person you're ordering this rear off of isn't asking you what parameters you're, whether this car's a drag car, a street car, a manual car, automatic, what tires on it, drag radial slick, just a regular street tire. There's so many variables, like Aaron said. Uh, so when when we're talking, you know, a 500 horsepower street car that's never really going to see the track, you know, a 31 spline axle is going to be fine. You start getting into drag type situations, we're going to have to dive in a little deeper to try to figure out where you need to be. Okay, so talking about spline counts, let's move into center sections. So whenever you have a center section, you have the choice of an iron center or an aluminum center. You want to tell us uh, why you like what center and what scenario? Uh, both both of the center sections are fine with me uh, as far as strength goes. Uh, I get questions all the time, like, oh, is nodular stronger than aluminum? And yes, the answer is yes, the nodular is stronger than aluminum. If you're looking at an aluminum case that is not a bolt-through style. Uh, if you're looking at a bolt-through style case, uh, it's going to be just as strong as a, a nodular. Uh, 
the really the only difference for me uh, when you look at the two is a nodular case is generally going to weigh somewhere around 15 to 16 pounds more. So it really just comes down to weight. Are you trying to shed every pound out of this car or, you know, what, where are you trying to get to weight wise on this car? If it's just a street car, I highly recommend that you stick to a cast iron nodular type case. If it's a drag car, like I said, and you're trying to shed weight, jump into that aluminum case. So the next part of this intersection, we got posi traction differentials, spools. You got choices there. So if you're drag racing and you say, I just need a spool going in a straight line, I want both. I want this thing locked in. Both wheels are spinning at the same rate of speed all the time. There's no mechanics. There's nothing going on there. I mean, that's going to give you great straight line drag racing performance. Now you've got spring and clutch style posies where they're going to give you a good driving experience, cruising around town, you know, mild power. Then you you get up into your gear driven units like true tracks, wave tracks. They're going to be helical gear, worm gear style units. So they're going to handle more power. They don't have any springs or clutches to wear out. So I would say the posi really is going to depend on what you're doing with the vehicle also. And again, that's where somebody, if you're ordering a nine inch, people better be asking you these questions because I, I talked to a guy a couple of days ago, he'd burn up two spring and clutch style posies already. And he come to us asking like, Hey, what's going on here? man, you're like drag racing on a spring and clutch style posse. I'm surprised you made it five passes. Like whoever sold you that, they should have been asking you what you're doing with the car. Save them a lot of time, a lot of headache, and a lot of money. Yeah, it's, uh, we hear this conversation far too many times. And kind of just to touch on what Aaron said with the clutch type, uh, and the worm gear dri- type driven units. Generally what we see a good idea of when do I need a clutch type unit? If you've got a 67 Mustang with a 289 motor in it, or with, you know, a couple power adders, it's not radical. The spring and clutch type unit's going to be fine for you. Oh, that'd be if, great. Yeah. If you're, if you're starting to push, you know, 450 horsepower and you're really being hard on the car or more if you're up into the five and 600 horsepower ranges we need to start talking about worm gear style differentials yeah i mean you just you don't want to be putting some you know mickey thompson tires on going out to the drag strip you know with 750 horsepower and you know on a prep surface with a spring and clutch style positive you just kind of got to applicate what you're doing to to make sure it's appropriate. So a few other things with the center section, me personally, I always default to a Daytona style support. You get the bigger bearings, 1350 yoke, you get the stronger U joint because most people are getting an aftermarket drive shaft. So do the transmission yoke, drive shaft, 1350 U joint in the rear, do it all at the same time. It's all mounted, balanced, you know, it's going to show up and it's going to work. So um, that's kind of my recommendation for the rest of this intersection. Well, and one thing I do want to touch on before we move forward on the yoke, um, 1350 series versus 1330 or 1310. In a lot of cases with aftermarket manufacturers, a yoke is a yoke. So whether it's, you know, the, the price is the price. If it's 130 or 150 or whatever the price may be, the 1310 is going to be the same price as the 1350. And as we all know, bigger is better. So you want to dive into that 1350 series yoke if you possibly can. 
And that's just going to be the industry standard, too. You call yeah. up any drive shaft manufacturer and tell them you got a 1350 U joint and give them your specs, however they want you to measure. It's just, it just makes everything industry standard. Yep. One other thing with the center section, you do want to make sure you get the appropriate gear ratio, uh, match that up to your tire size, your transmission. So that, that's another part of the center section that you need to address and make sure is an appropriate fit. I want to move on to talking about brakes. Uh, so this could be a pretty long drawn out conversation because there's just so many different manufacturers and price points and i mean the list goes on and on and on i mean we could literally probably talk about this for an hour if we wanted to but we'll kind of keep it short here uh your entry level brakes which is going to be like a single piston cast type caliper with an 11 inch vented rotor kind of like what you see on the car in the parking lot um you know those those kits generally start in around the five or six hundred dollar range and then go up from there um you start getting into your willwood kits and your bear kits or ssbc um the big thing is is if you've got a everyday driver kind of like i alluded to with the mustang or maybe like a 300 horsepower camaro those entry-level disc brake kits are going to be fine uh you start getting into 500 plus horsepower type cars, you're going to want to start talking about getting into a four piston type caliper. And um, you're going to want to make sure that you're getting the right housing end on the rear end, your hubs machined correctly on the axle, your flange is going to fit inside the rotor hat, uh, those types of things. And we've talked about housing end types and matching up brakes in the past, but typically most manufacturers like to default to a big Ford new style Trino end. All the brake manufacturers use it. All the axle manufacturers use it. So for a rear end specifically, that's that's going to be what most manufacturers are going to default to. So uh, it keeps everything nice and keeps ni- keeps everything standard. One thing that you do want to be careful with on the brakes, don't just say, I'll just stock. Because where do you get yourself in trouble? You got an 85 C10 and you say, just make it stock. Okay, I can do that. Get your axles. You got a housing end. Uh, you can use retainer plates and use a big Ford bearing and nice setup for stock drums. But you go and get aftermarket brakes. There's no aftermarket support there to fit so now, that housing end. Yeah, yeah to fit that specific end. So now you got yourself in a situation where two months later you want to do a disc brake swap on it, and there's no options. So I would definitely recommend telling whether you're just buying a housing axles or whatever you're doing, complete rear, whoever you're talking to needs to be asking you, hey, what are you going to be doing in the future for this? Because if, you, if you're going to call me up in two weeks and want to swap these out for disc brakes, we need to know that now because it's going to change our plan. Well, and another thing, like I said from the start, don't let this type of thing scare you. We have options for you. I mean – we can send this rear end in a crate with the brakes already mounted, hoses on it, e-brake cables attached. I mean, this thing can come in a wooden crate, powder-coated with brakes on it, the whole bit. Or we can send this thing where the center section is completely built in a box, housing comes in a box, axles come in a box with bearings and studs pressed in, brakes in a box, and you can bolt it together. Uh, obviously, the second 
version that I just told you about is going to be the more cost effective because they don't have the time of labor putting it together. But there's some people that say, hey, I'm not going to pay a mechanic to do this. I want this thing to show up ready, put together in a crate. And I'm not wanting to make this a summer project. I'm wanting this thing to get in my car so I can get on, get on down the road and enjoy my muscle car or my hot rod or truck or whatever it is that you're working on. Yeah, and getting it shipped in four boxes can also save you a lot in freight too because you could ship it by UPS ground instead of truck freight. So that's another way you save there also. So, yeah, we've covered the, the type of rear end. If you're already on board with a 9-inch, best case scenario. We talked a little bit about the width, making sure it's going to work with your brackets, any kind of mini tub kit or whatever you want to do. And again, that width, none of the manufacturers charge an additional fee that we deal with to make it narrowed. So they're all made to order. Everything's made to your spec. So we talked a little bit about matching up the spline count for your horsepower level and your posi. Talked about housing ends. We talked about brakes, making sure all that works together. Typically, we use a big Ford New Style Trino. Uh, talked about center section features like nodular, aluminum, spools, track, or like a spring and clutch style posi, gear driven posies. Uh, talked about making sure your suspension, like whether you're doing aftermarket, stock, communicate your plans there so that way you can make sure your lower control arm mounts, make sure whatever you have going on there matches up. Another thing is a lot of people do custom stuff. So if you need a tab welded on or you need this, that, whatever, just communicate that information. And, you know, see what we can do to get you taken care of. Uh, matching the studs on the rear to the studs on the front. So if you're going to do like a Willwood swap, bear swap up front, do half-inch studs in the rear to match the front. Uh, make sure your gear ratio is going to work with your transmission and tire size. Um, there's a lot of other stuff, cosmetic stuff like powder coating, assembly, sending it in pieces. You know, there's a lot of options there. So there's ton of ground to cover but don't don't let this stuff intimidate you like like jason said if you have questions about this the person that you're dealing with i mean you're making a high dollar purchase and these are all made to order so if you call some big box store and they say yeah we've got a part number abc one two three over here that we can order up for you you know chances are it's going to be you know it's 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 just kind of a common just you know, 716 studs, 30 spline, Eaton Posi, factory length, powder coated. Maybe you don't need all that. You know, maybe why would you not just order it custom? I mean, that's just generally it's the same money to order a custom rear because it's not built yet. And we can have these rears built within a couple of days if you need them quick. But that's why we call these rear ends built to order. That's why we're, we can narrow them up. So like Aaron's saying, don't buy the ABC one two three part number type axle from the big box store or complete rear end because you're going to get a cookie cutter type diff that somebody else has ordered in the past and they put a part number on it. Let somebody go through the options with you and custom build this for you so that it's right for your car. Maybe you don't want semi-gloss black powder coat. Maybe you want the gloss powder coat. Maybe you don't want the fill bung in it. You just want a drain bung. Um, like Aaron said, there's a ton of options here. Um, so the sky's the limit. Um, also if you, if you've got a 350 horsepower car, we don't need to give you the fabricated housing and all these high end high ticket items in it. We're not trying to price you out of a rear end. We want to build you the rear for you. 
we want to hit the price point. We want to get the right components in it so that it's made for your application. And speaking about price point and applications, I mean, we have suppliers that can get these rear a rear end out in two days, two weeks, two months. They're all different levels of price points. They're different levels of delivery time. So uh, there's a lot of variables there. So, I mean, communication is key. Just explain what your needs are. And your sales tech should be doing what they can do to make sure they put you in what's the best fit for your needs. Well, I think that pretty well covers uh, ordering a 9-inch rear end, Aaron, don't you? Yeah, we covered a lot of ground. And if you want to talk about this, hit us up. 260-301-2424. We're on Facebook, Instagram. We're on YouTube now. Like we're, You can get us on our website, chat feature. You can email us, redbirdspeedinfo at gmail.com. Probably the best thing to do is just give us a call. That's going to get you your fastest answer. 260-301-2424. Before we leave, Aaron, hit him with our YouTube channel. Yeah, just Redbird Speed. Look up Redbird Speed. We're dropping multiple videos a week, covering a lot of ground there. So... Give us a subscribe on YouTube at Redbird Speed if you like technical information like this. We definitely have been we've been doing a lot on air, covering a lot of topics, kind of as they as they come uh, as they come to us. Yep, and don't be afraid to give us a call if you have any questions. Hey, thanks for listening in. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Hey, thanks. All right, everyone, thanks for joining us on The Rear Gear, hosted by Redbird Speed. If you have any questions, you can contact us, 260-301-2424, on our website, redbirdspeed.com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, Be sure to like the show, give us a subscribe, leave a review. Any of that helps with the algorithm. We appreciate your support, and thanks for listening. Have a good day.